these. So these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught for murder. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Ryan? You know, another wonderful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's good to be back in, uh, well, I mean, for me, it's good to be back in our neighborhood, getting back from L.A. Yeah, yeah. Well, L.A., then Pismo, then. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was quite a nice trip. Happy Good. anniversary to me. Happy anniversary <laughs> to you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm, th- I'm thinking, so we are we are doing our Creepy Campfire series. Mm-hmm. It was we do, we're going to start make traditional for every October. We started it last year, bringing it full circle. And we sit down, Little here's a little peek behind the curtain. We sit down and we record these short episodes back to back to back. So that way we've got them ready and banked for you guys. So instead of asking how we're doing like we normally do every episode i think we should just say we'll we'll open each of these with what one of your favorite things about the halloween season is okay so jordan what is one of your favorite things about the halloween season candy 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 well which one's your your favorite candy to get uh it's changed a lot over the years uh when i was a kid whoppers were my jam oh yeah and then, of course, you know, it was always the, the house who gave out the biggest candy bars. That's like, that's where you're going. Mm-hmm. You're going, you know. I never did run into the mythical whole candy bar house, but I also never drove to a neighborhood. I only did my actual neighborhood. Okay. So I didn't find the mythical full candy bar size house. We, so we were in, yeah, pretty suburban neighborhoods for majority. Uh, oh, but we also have driven up to Folsom before, up to my mm. grandparents' house and done some trick-or-treating there and it is mm-hmm. good pickings <laughs> uh i mean full size you know kit kats if i if i ever got a twix bar i was like my night was made <laughs> reese's butter reese's peanut reese's butter cups reese's peanut butter cups were the jam mm-hmm. always absolutely snickers bars caramel apple little lollipops were okay mm, yeah those things are so sticky so sticky runs were good every once in a while um trying to think of like just all the candy what was the candy that i didn't i mean mike if a, if a house was giving you mike and ike's i was like F- you <laughs> this is halloween man what is that old i feel like that's for old people mike and ike i kind of like mike and ike's. no 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 am i th- wh- which one am i thinking what's the black licorice one? Oh, there i mean i think there is black licorice mike and ike's oh i could be wrong but i don't eat those often <laughs> i'm only ever like given those mm-hmm I only I probably only say that because it was like my grandma's favorite candy. Mm. So that was just uh, that's my experience with it. But yeah, uh, I mean trick or treating I miss so much, mm-hmm. so much. I wish mm. that it was just a regular thing that adults could do. Mm-hmm. Well, have a child and then you could go. And then I will double up. You know, where's okay, give him his. Mm-hmm. Now I want my trick or treat. That's trick- the the dad tax, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. I can't wait to impose that. And plus, when they're the first couple years, like one and two, maybe even three, like they're not having that candy. You're oh, yeah. having that candy. No, that's all for you. But you're still taking them. <laughs> you have to. I, I guess I never really thought about that before as like a kid and the stuff that your parents end up t- taking out of your bag and what the other parents must think like when you go, when you, they have an adult with like a kid who you know you're 
this kid isn't going to eat this candy. You can't give that to them. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is going to you. What do you, what? <laughs> it's like taking your kid to Disneyland before they can even, well, not But I feel like all the parents have been there, so they get it. They're like, ah, eh, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, hmm, the smells. The, the smells. Because all the good pumpkin scents and allspice and the candles are phenomenal and I love candles. So do you mean like, uh, I mean, that's like like the fall season in yeah, general yeah. too? Yeah, well, because like to me, like, okay, September's kind of fallish, but for me, October's like legit fall. The, yeah. The, the leaves are falling, the mm-hmm. colors are changing. Yellows, reds, oranges everywhere. You know, that's that's when people, I feel comfortable putting Halloween stuff beginning of September. Everyone else does <laughs> the beginning of October. Yeah. Um, so everyone's decorations are up, but I feel like this, this year, especially like get mm-hmm. get your decor up early, give yourself something to celebrate. Exactly. Have fun with it. Why yeah. not? But probably the smells. Cause they really start coming out this time of year. Everybody starts baking pumpkins and all that. And I feel yeah. like it does something to your brain. Kind of brings you back a little bit. It's, it's really just, soothing for me yeah. because it's my, it's my favorite time of year and not even because of just Halloween. Cause I'm not like a big spooky, creepy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I like the fun part about Halloween, but for me, it's everything together. Cause I always liked like school starting and foot. I mean, football season was kicking off, mm-hmm. you know, which was really big for me. Um, and then you get to have fun with Halloween while you're at it. And that's when everyone starts baking all the goodies and you get to, you know, eat all the good homemade treats. Well, and then you got back to back Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's like your yeah beginning of the year. Yeah, very nice, very well. Yeah. So, so for this one, I'll st- I'm going to go with the smells because, okay. damn it, if I don't like me a good candle. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you're you're well. I didn't smell it when I came in, but I know you guys are probably stocked on your scents. Yeah, already. Yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond. Always with that that candle sale. Yeah. All right. Do you want to kick us off in this spooky, yeah, creepy campfire four parter, three parter? We'll see what it turns out to be. Yeah. How, <laughs> how long these go? Yeah. Um, so we're gonna kick it off with the Wolf Girl of Devil's River, and uh, mine. And this, as far as this episode goes, are coming from thedirt.com. The dirt. The dirt. Uh, this Texas-based scary campfire story dates back to the 1800s. The story of the Wolf Girl is centered around the notoriously haunted. Espantosa Lake, often avoided by travelers who fear the ghostly fog that covers the lake each night. In 1845, a young boy reported seeing an unclothed, unclothed girl devouring a goat alongside a pack of wolves. Mm. The girl was later captured by cowboys who tried to lock her in a shack. She escaped in the middle of the night, and the wolf girl has never been found. <laughs> that is so... What if there is no chubacabra and it's just that girl? It's just that girl. <laughs> yeah, but is she like de- okay devouring a goat? I mean, you 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 would have to assume. That's on a hungry are, night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you don't find the goats that she just sucked the blood out of. Yeah, right? she was thirsty the other nights. That <laughs> night she was hungry. <laughs> well, that's 1845, so I would assume slash hope that we don't have to worry about Wolf Girl. Fingers from Devil's River. crossed, unless Fingers that crossed goat that. blood gives her like powers. And- yeah. I don't know. If you didn't know. <laughs> All right. This one's coming from OutsiderOnline.com. Uh, the writer is Brad Culp. Many decades ago, probably sometime around the 1940s, there was a young man courting a young woman in a rural... I always have a hard time with that word. So much so that I'm leaving it in. Rural part of town. Hey. 
Because the woman's parents didn't approve of the match, each night he visited under cover of darkness. After her parents went to bed, the young woman would sneak out of her farmhouse and flash the lights of her parents' car three times. Then her young suitor would ride his motorcycle down the road. Motorcycle? I don't think I'd trust him either. No? Young suitor riding a motorcycle? Wait, wait, wait. wait. He said a couple, said a couple decades ago? How long In the 40s. 40s? Mm-hmm. He's up to no good. He's up to no good. One night he took the turn right before her house a little too sharp. The motorcycle went one way, he went the other. His injuries were so severe that he didn't survive. Rumor has it that his love-struck ghost still haunts the stretch of Milford Road. Aww. Curious Culp, his girlfriend, now wife, and a friend decided to head out there to see if they could verify the tale. His girlfriend was worried she'd be completely freaked out. She believes more in that stuff than I do, Culp says. But he was more concerned that his suspicions, that none of this was actually true, would be confirmed. On this particular night, as Culp passed the abandoned farm, an idea came to him, and he pitched it to his girlfriend. Though reluctant, she relented, and Culp turned a short way into the farmhouse driveway. He killed the engine and flashed his lights three times. Quote, no joke, there was a single headlight that appeared three-quarters of a mile down the road. You saw it start to come, going pretty slow. It kept coming and coming. My wife was freaking out. It was coming closer and closer. As a collision seemed imminent, Culp turned on his car's lights. He expected to see a kid on a bike, bailing out from his prank now that he'd been caught. But there's nothing there. The light is just gone. They got out of the car. They walked around trying to figure out what they could have seen. To this day, we still talk about it. I saw something I can't explain, he says. If you get him and his wife around a campfire, they'll swear up and down that the story is true. If you're ever in Oxford, Ohio, consider parking for just a few minutes on Oxford Milford Road at night to test your own nerve. Okay. I like that. A little sad. A little forlorn love. But you gotta love a good, like, light story. You know, a little uh, little um, flash your lights three times and see what happens kind of thing. Yeah. There's so many of those, I just kind of want to drive everywhere and flash my lights three times just mm-hmm. see, see what happens. Yeah. Just walk around with a strobe light. It's like the it's like the that's the that's the wavelength that they're on. Just just flash your lights you everywhere know, you go. That's that's not a bad theory though. <laughs> I know you're joking, but that's not a bad theory. All right, hit me. We'll one go. One. We'll give it a shot. We'll go give it a shot. Um, okay, and now we have the dear woman. The dear woman is a modern scary campfire story based in Native American mythology. The deer woman is a shape-shifting creature living deep in forests. Appearing either as a deer or a woman, she lures unsuspecting lovers or promiscuous men into the woods, then stomps them to death with her with her hooves. So kind. Tripped over that. So hard. <laughs> you tripped over death that? Death with. Death with. Death with. <laughs> we have the Hawaiian night marchers. Wait, did you already finish that one? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Wait, what did it... I don't. It, where it sounded like it just started. <laughs> she stepped on something. No. The so she end? she lures. It's apparent. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even give a place. It just says that she's a modern scary campfire story based in uh, Native American mythology. It sounds like more of a, a urban legend than it does a campfire story. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. These, um, are, these are these are. Is there like a link? Because I noticed a lot of them were like, click this link to read the full story. Yeah. It takes me to so it takes me to Wikipedia and then it asks for money. Uh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna exit that. Um, I don't like that. That's not good. Uh, okay, so vanishing hitchhiker. A couple are driving late at night when they notice a girl hitchhiking. They pick her up, 
and she thanks them profusely and gives them a nearby address. They drive her home, trying to make polite conversation, but after a few minutes, the girl falls silent. The driver asks if they've reached the right intersection, but when they turn to the back seat, she's gone. She's vanished without a trace. When they reach the address she gave them, an elderly couple greets them at the door. They don't know of any girl, but their own daughter was killed in a car accident many years ago, just a few miles up the road. Bum, 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 bum. I know. <laughs> just a few miles up the road. <laughs> that a better way to finish that? <laughs> Emphasize that uh that panic, that bad that bad feeling. I'll cap us off with this one. Was it people or was it aliens? Ooh. This one by Doug Averill. Doug Averill grew up as one of the eight boys on his parents' sprawling dude ranch, the Flathead Lake Lodge in rural Montana. As a teen, Averill boys ran wild. We rode around as a little gang of cowboys, he remembers. They'd saddle up and head off to check cattle on three giant tracts of land the family managed, which formed a triangle around some of the state's most remote rangelands. One summer in 1960, the brothers came across a ghastly sight. There on the ground were three dead cows neatly arranged in a circle. No obvious wounds were visible, but the reproductive organs had been removed. But there was never any blood. It was almost surgically removed, said Averill. Averill and his friends came across a lance in their path on their way home. Attached to it was a cryptic note with a threatening message. That's when we thought, it's got to be people doing this, he says. Then things got really strange. Over the next few days, a series of odd events unfolded. First, the brothers stopped in a local bar to grab a hamburger, leaving their horses in the back of a stock truck. The horses were packed in tightly, and, a and the Averills were only gone for a few minutes. When they came back, the horse packed into the middle of the truck was mysteriously out, with no signs of a struggle. We had no idea how they possibly could have gotten that horse unloaded without unloading all the others. The next day, a new wrangler on the ranch fell off his horse and was badly injured. They'd all been riding together, but not a single member of the crew saw the accident. It was the weirdest thing, Averill says. The man's injuries were so severe that he was permanently disabled. Finally, the last terrible thing happened. An old camp cook drove out to meet the brothers and ride for the day. But when he arrived, the tailgate of his stock truck had somehow gone missing, even though it had been there when he loaded up. His horse, Betsy, had fallen out of the truck and been dragged behind the vehicle for who knows how long. They had to put her down on the spot. To be honest, it killed him just to see what had happened to Betsy. We probably should have put him down too, remembers Averill. Those three events were just boom, boom, boom. Three things in a row that were so weird, all tied together because they were right after we saw that spear. Averill used to tell these stories that summer around the campfire quite a lot, but over the years he's gotten new stories and they've been shifted out of rotation. But he recently got a call about a downed bull, the buffalo. It was out in the most remote part of his ranch. A neighbor had seen a pack of 16 wolves, and normally wolves don't bother buffalo, but 16, I thought? Well, maybe. He went to investigate. There lying in the snow-covered field was the bull, but there were no bullet holes or teeth marks or gnashes in its corpse. Even strangers, scavenging animals, and birds hadn't touched it, not even the buzzards, which is really unusual. One other thing was amiss. Its reproductive organs were gone and there wasn't a single footprint in the snow around it or anywhere along the mile-long walk into the ranch from the nearest road. Ask Averill whether he thinks he's dealing with aliens or humans, and he'll tell you he's pretty sure it's humans, but I'd rather it was aliens, he said. I'd rather it was aliens, too. 
Yeah, That's you don't creepy. want to think of people being a monster like that, but... Yeah. Know. That's so weird, though. Wow, who's messing with bull genitalia? It's all these... You, uh, uh, cow mutilations are strange. Super strange. The one that gets me about that is the horse that was in the middle in the trailer. That was yeah. that was gone while they were grabbing a hamburger. Yeah. What the... That's, that's too many. That's too many creepy things. Yeah, like, and they all happen right after another. And a spear? Like, a spear is the most random thing Yeah. to find a note attached to. Like, just just weird. Just weird. All around. Yeah. I like that one, though. Thank you. It's a, it's a pretty good list that you found there. Well, I think. All right, well, that's going to do it for the first one. I hope you guys are enjoying your your first full week into in how in the, all Halloween's Eve month. Mm-hmm. So we we are still begging, pleading on our hands and knees for stories for Halloween. If you guys got them, I don't care how you get it to us. Record it on your phone. T- text it to the to something. Instagram, Jordan. This is our call to action, people. That's right. If you get it to us, it will go up for Halloween special. Uh, so you can reach us at creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up with the Instagram Creepy Campfire Podcast. Every time I post, I'm like, people, it's like it's half of it. Half of it is whatever the actual post is, whatever the what, you know you putting up the new episode or whatever, and then half of it is like, again, guys, anything, anything you got, <laughs> anything you got, pictures. Maybe we're begging too hard, but you know what? It's just it's going, it's going to be fun. I want it to be a fun Halloween. Yeah. And we're all stuck in the house, so we might as well have some good stories. To just in case you haven't heard us say this yet. If this is the first time tuning in. Mm-hmm. Or if you have been over and over and you're thinking, I got this one thing, and you know, but I don't think it's substantial enough, and they probably won't care. You're wrong. Don't say that. We'll care. Don't say that. We will care. We want it. That's right. We want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. We're interested in it? That's right. We're going to have fun with it. So just shoot it over that's right whatever you got all right well that'll do it for this episode till next time everybody stay toasty